Amen. Well, we're going to come to the word right now this morning. And uh, this is a word that God has laid on my heart for us this weekend. God has been speaking to me through this. He's, he's laid this on my heart. And I pray that it'll be an encouragement to you this morning. If you've got a phone or you've got a tablet, you can download the sermon notes for this message on our website, gatewaychurchcomery.co.uk forward slash sermon notes. You can download it there. But the title of this message this morning is Don't Let Go. Don't Let Go. You know, we're living in a world where, where everything at the moment that can be shaken has been shaken. We are living in uncertain times. And I'm sure you'd agree with me, none of us know what the future is going to hold. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. None of us know what's going to happen in the weeks to come. We can plan, we can prepare, but we don't know what's going to come in the future. And I don't know about you, but that can cause fear to rise within my heart. That can cause worry, anxiety to rise within our lives because we like to know, don't we? We like to know what's coming, but yet we don't know what's going to come with all that is happening. And maybe you've come here this morning and maybe you are going through a situation or circumstance and you don't know what's what's ahead of you, but you're afraid. Maybe there's something going on in your home right now or something going on in your personal life, but you're afraid of what's going to come. Well, I believe the Lord wants to speak to you this morning through this word. And if you've got a Bible this morning, can you please turn to Psalm 63? Psalm 63. I love the Psalms. I love reading through the Psalms in my daily devotions. And we're reading Psalm 63 and we're going to read verse 1 to 11 together. And this morning I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. And this is what it says. It says, Oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love you and praise you, God. Daily I worship you passionately with all of my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue you and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close. To your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell. They will be consumed by their own evil and become nothing more than dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever, but with the anointing of a king, I will dance and rejoice along with all his lovers who trust in him. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever had this happen to you, but have any of you ever finished a TV program or TV series that you've been going through and then you're flicking through Sky, you're flicking through the Freeview channels, whatever it is, and you can't find anything to watch? Has that happened to any of you before? It happened to me this week. I finished a series that I was watching on Netflix that I've been watching over the last couple of months on Netflix. And this week I was just looking for something to watch on TV, but I could find nothing. I was scrolling through the channels. I even turned on QVC, the shopping channels. That's how bored I was this week, looking for something to watch. But as I was flicking through the channels, I noticed on Discovery Channel, the Shark Week was on. Now, I'm not a big fan of Shark Week. I'm not a big fan of Discovery Channel. I'm not a big fan of all these nature programs with all these animals and different things like that. But I was so bored that I thought I'd watch 
this Shark Week on Discovery Channel. And the reason I turned it on, it was because there were celebrities who were going to swim with the sharks. They had a show with Mike Tyson, who was going to swim with the sharks, Mike Tyson, the boxer. And then the other show was with Will Smith, who was going to swim with the sharks. And I was so bored that I decided to watch both of them back, uh, back to back. It was, it was quite interesting, actually. But at the beginning of each of these episodes, it showed Mike Tyson and Will Smith. They had some practice runs before these professionals threw them into the deep waters in the Bahamas with all these sharks who were going to eat them. Before they did that, they were going to give them a practice run. So they had a few dives in, first of all, in Italy. Then they went to Australia and had some, some, uh, had a go at diving. And, and they, this was a time for them to get used to all the equipment, to get used to all the things that they were to do in case of an emergency. Because after all, they were swimming with some pretty deadly animals. But the day came where they were going to dive in with the sharks. They had traveled to the Bahamas. They'd rented out this boat and they were going to dive with these sharks. And they were quite, they were bull sharks, tiger sharks. Pretty much these sharks could eat you. These weren't the nice little sharks that you can see. These sharks could eat you. And they put all their training into place and they put all their gear on. And, and the last few things that these shark instructors told them was you had to put on their tank, make sure their air was working, check their goggles to make sure that no water got into their goggles. But it was interesting. The last piece of advice that they gave them before they dove into the water, and that was to make sure that they keep hold of this piece of rope which was attached to the boat. They said, whatever you do, don't let go of this piece of rope because otherwise you could drift off with the current underwater. It's dark in there. You're afraid because all the sharks are there and you might not come back to the boat. So whatever you do, keep hold of this rope because that is the only way that you are going to get back to the boat. And so as, as the show went on, they held onto this rope. They held on to it with deer, with all their life. They held on to it. And they swam with the sharks and they, they made it through. Uh, but it was interesting. That last piece of advice, whatever you do, don't let go of the piece of rope. You know, as we come to Psalm 63 this morning, we see David here. He's the one who wrote this psalm. But David actually wasn't the one who was in the shark infested waters. He wasn't in shark infested waters in Israel at that time. But what we see is David's in a wilderness. And David, he isn't afraid because he's about to be eaten by sharks. But David's afraid because he's got some enemies who were pursuing him, ready to take his life. David's had to flee from his, his home. David's had to run away. And he's got some people who are chasing him. And he do, doesn't know what's going to happen to his life. He's afraid of what might happen in that afternoon or that evening. He's afraid for his life. And to make matters worse, it wasn't just some enemy that he didn't know. It was actually his son, Absalom, who was out chasing him, trying to kill him. And Absalom had got some of, his, uh, some of his friends and said, we're going after my father and we're going to kill my father. So David flees into the wilderness and he's afraid for his life. Now, I'm sure none of us here would blame David if David was angry towards God. After all, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. David loved God. David worshipped God. David put his trust in God. God brought him through that victory against Goliath. God brought him through that difficulty with Saul. But yet none of us, I'm sure, would blame David if David was angry towards God. I'm sure David would have said, God, why is this happening? Why are you allowing my son to come and try and kill me? Why are you allowing me to go through this? I wonder if you ever gone through a situation where you've questioned God and asked God, God, why is this happening to me? 
God, I love you. I'm a follower of you. But why is this happening in my life? Maybe you've come here this morning and maybe you were going through something and, and you just think, God, why is this happening to me? Maybe you're angry towards God. Maybe this morning you've come here and maybe you're lonely. Like David, he was on his own in the wilderness. He was afraid he'd run away from his home. He was in the wilderness, in the desert of Judah. He was afraid. Maybe you've come here and you feel afraid. Maybe you feel like you're on your own. You're the only one who's battling through this circumstance and this situation. Maybe you feel afraid. Maybe David was afraid of the future. And maybe you've come here this morning and you're afraid. What's going to happen? Maybe some of you have come here this morning. Maybe someone's come here and, and you're afraid to even go home this morning because you just don't know what you, what's going to happen when you go home. You're afraid of what the next few weeks are going to look like for you. Not just because of COVID, but maybe there's a personal situation that's going on in your life. And that's what happened to David here. David, you know, he, he was all alone. He had his son who was pursuing him, trying to kill him. But what's actually amazing is David's response to the situation. In Psalm 63, as we've read through it, we see that David didn't complain to God because of this circumstance. David wasn't actually angry towards God. Actually, we see that David wasn't even saying that he was lonely or he was afraid of what might come. But actually, Psalm 63 is a song of praise despite the circumstances. Psalm 63 is called a song in the wilderness. And you might be wondering this morning, how on earth did David sing a song of praise when his son was about to kill him, when his son was pursuing him, when he had to flee home? How could David praise God in this? Where David says, God, I long for you. I thirst for you. How on earth did David do that? What was the secret to David, for David to praise God in that situation? You know, it's amazing that David was able to praise God despite his circumstance. And, you know, I believe, and it's not in my notes this morning, but I really believe that maybe that's a, something for somebody here this morning. That Maybe you've come here and you're in the wilderness, you're afraid, you're on your own. There is power in praise. Yes, we can complain to God. Yes, we can complain about our situation. Yes, we can cry out to God. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's tough. But instead of complaining, David begins to praise God. There is power in our praise. When we're in that wilderness season, I encourage you to begin to praise God. Although there was a desert that was surrounding David, there was no desert in David's heart. David's lips were overflowing with praise to God. David was praising God. So you might be wondering, how was David able to do that? What was the secret for David? How did David praise God despite the fact his son was after him and he was in the wilderness? Well, I believe David wants to show us two secrets to how he was able to praise God in the wilderness. And I believe the Lord this morning wants to speak to someone. And there are two secrets here found in this psalm that I believe the Lord wants to give you this morning in your situation, in your circumstance, in the valley of the shadow of death, which maybe you feel like you're going through this morning. And also for us as a church, as we go through this difficult time with COVID, God wants to reveal to us two secrets on how we can be strong during this. And both of these secrets are found in verse 8. And the first part of verse 8, David says this. He says, with passion, I pursue and cling to you. The first secret that David wants to show us and tell us that in difficult times, in tough times, we need to cling to God. David says, the reason how I'm getting through this, the reason why I'm not afraid about what the future is holding is because I'm holding on to my God. I'm holding on to the rock who never moves. I'm holding on to my God. I'm going to cling to him and I'm not going to let go. In times of uncertainty, in times of fear, in seasons where things are hard, where it seems dark, I want to encourage you. And I believe the Lord would say to you this morning, cling to me. 
Cling to God this morning. Hold on to God. Although everything around you might be shaking, hold on to the one who never shakes. Hold on to the one who never moves. Cling to God in the difficult times. You might say this morning, how do we do that? That's great. But how do I cling to God? I know it might sound basic. We get into his word every single day. Get into God's word. Read God's word. Begin to discover who God is. Stop looking at your circumstance and start looking to the one who is the creator of all things. Start looking to Jesus Christ, the one who reigns above all. You know, I love the fact it says in James 4 verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. David's first secret for us in difficult times, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, when you're in the wilderness, cling to God. Cling to God, hold fast to God, hold tight to God. Don't let go of God. But actually, David wants to show us that 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 isn't the ultimate secret. Yes, in difficult times, in tough times, you need to hold on to God, hold on to him, keep hold of his word, draw close to God. But actually, David tells us the real secret of how he's going to get through this wilderness season. And it's the second verse, the second part of verse eight, where he says, he says, because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. No matter how strong you are in the Lord, no matter how long you've been serving the Lord for, there are times when we all let go of God. There are times where we all walk away from God. There are times where circumstances come in and we fall away from God. There are times in our lives, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, where sometimes God feels like a million miles away and we feel like God is totally over there and I'm over here and I've let go of God. But David wants to remind us, although there are times where you let go of God, God will never let go of you. God will never let go of you. And that's the secret to how David's going to get through this. Yes, he's going to cling to God. But David knows there are times where he can fail God, where he'll desert God. But David also wants us to know that God will never let go of you. No matter how difficult the situation, no matter how difficult the season, God will never let go of you. David, a man after God's own heart, But he failed God many times. He committed adultery. He set up the murder for for one of his officers. You know, David failed many, many times. But yet the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. David knew that although there'd be times he'd fail God, God will never fail him. And time and time again, God brought him through. Whether it was Goliath, whether it was Saul, or whether in this case it was going to be Absalom, David knew no matter what enemy came against him, God will never let go of him. God will bring him through. Now, I know this morning that we at Gateway Church, we're a Bible-believing church. We're a strong biblical church. And some of you this morning might be saying, Pastor Luke, that's great. Well, that's Old Testament. Can you prove it to me in the New Testament that God never lets go of us? Well, the answer is yes, I can. And there's a story that you might be familiar with. I'm not going to dive into this in any detail this morning. But it says this in Matthew chapter 14. Verse 28 to 31. I'm sure you're familiar with this story. There'd been a storm and the disciples were in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, during the storm, Jesus comes towards them, walking on water. And the disciples, they're afraid, they're terrified. But listen to what it says in verse 28 to 31. It says, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come and walk on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. 
Has that ever happened to you when the storms and the wind and the, and the waves of, of this life come your way, when circumstances come your way? Do you ever feel like you're sinking? That's what happened to Peter. He began to sink. But listen to verse, verse 31. It says, uh, verse 30, end, end of verse 30 to 31, it says, Peter said, save me, Lord. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and grabbed him. We see in that situation that although Peter was sinking, as he called upon God, God grabbed him. God saved him. Although Peter took his eyes off Jesus, Jesus never took his eyes off Peter. And we can be sure this morning that no matter what we go through, no matter how difficult the season, no matter how bad the storm is out there, that although there are times where we let go of God, yes, we got to cling to him, but although there are times we let go of God, know that God will never let go of you. He will never, ever let go of you. I know this morning that this is a difficult season. I know that this, these past 20 weeks have been harder than ever. And I'm sure for some of you, they've been harder because maybe you felt on your own. Maybe there's been nobody around. It's been difficult. Maybe you've come here this morning and you're afraid about what's going to happen with this virus. You're afraid what's going to happen in this world. Or maybe you've come here this morning and you're afraid to go home because of what's ahead of you. Know this morning, cling to God. The Lord would say to you, cling to me. Don't do this on your own. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't try to speak to other people. Trust in me. Draw near to me. Get close to me. But also God wants to remind you this morning, because I'll never let go of you. I'm always there. I'm holding on to you. Although it feels like the world is out of control, know that I'm actually holding the world. That's what God wants to say to each and every one of us this morning. And how do I know that God has got you this morning? How do I know that God will never let go of you? Because it says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God never changes. Although circumstances change, although we change, our God never changes. Know this morning that God has got you. Believe the word of the Lord to, to each and every one of us this morning is cling to God. Most importantly, know that he's got you this morning. He's holding you and he will bring you through. He'll bring you through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll bring you through the waters. He'll bring you through the fire. Know this morning that God has got you.